Okay, welcome to episode 65 of Across the Pond. My name is David Ashball, as always, joined by my co-host 610 Funquist. And 610, we've been trying to get this episode out for a few days, but we've both been pretty busy. And you've had a power outage. And I had a power outage. It was, yeah, yeah it was so stupid. I hated it. It's like, I woke up because I sleep with a fan. And so I woke up as soon as my fan turned like off. A, like a fan from loves to pot. No, okay, never mind. um and um so i woke up as soon as the fan turned off at like 8 a.m and i remember we had gotten i don't know a notice from our landlord last week that the power was going to be off and i was like well crap i'm supposed to have an interview with 610 today (laughs) and the power didn't come back on until like 12 30 and then it was off and on intermittently throughout the day but uh yes 610 powered on without me for the interview with uh matt murley which uh i understand went really well it did. It was a great talk, and he'll be back down the line. Uh, I think we talked for, I think I f- sent you Philo for almost an hour, but I think you can narrow it down to like 45 minutes. So this will be a pretty long episode, uh, I guess. But uh, I hope you guys will enjoy the uh, interview because I sure as hell did. And it was great fun talking about, <laughs> I'm not going to give everything away, but uh, hockey in uh, Sweden, hockey in Asia, in Russia, in, well, yeah. Yeah, the guy yeah. has a, a diverse resume when it comes to his yes. hockey career. You might say that, yeah. <laughs> what a great guy. And we, we also talked uh, sports betting and uh, spitting chiclets and alcohol. And uh, yeah, <laughs> we got around. <laughs> nice. Great talk. Uh, uh, but before but, we get to that, let's uh, take a look at the action from the last week. Um, one team I want to start with, actually, which I featured on my weekly article for the SHL website, is uh, Barinas, who had two huge wins uh, Thursday and Saturday. A big 6-4 victory over defending champion Lakers uh, last Thursday, so a week ago today, today being Thursday. Um, that was a huge win for them. And then, of course, uh, following that up with a, a great performance against Teleftu as well with a 3-1 win on Saturday. And because of that, Brinus now sits at the top of the standings. Yeah, who saw that coming, huh? Well, I mean, it's still pretty early in the season, but obviously a good start for Brinus. Um, and especially two big wins against uh, two, te- two top teams in the league. So uh, definitely going to be happy happy with that. Um uh, Villa Lainen had a great performance against Teleftu on Saturday as well between the pipes. Kind of really finally got to see what he's capable of uh, for Brinus. Honestly, I think he's been quite... Actually, he's been solid throughout, uh, even in the games they've lost. Or, or the yeah, the games they've lost uh, because he's put up some solid uh, performances, uh, you know, in, 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 in periods in games, like saving multiple shot saves from from up close and stuff like that so he looks solid but i guess this was his first really through and through 60 minutes full performance and yeah he's a great goalie he's a great shl goalie for sure yeah yeah he made 27 out of 28 saves against Aleftio, who uh we're we're obviously expecting to be one of the top scoring teams in the league so great performance all around from brinus uh <coughs> excuse me in both games so they got to be happy with that before we move on, we should actually say that, yeah, this isn't an official SHL podcast. It's not sanctioned by the league or anything. But Dave and I, we do write for the SHL website. And each week, Dave does a roundup or, if you will, a weekly recap in English for you guys to to just, you know, get the, the best of the best from what's been going on in the SHL over the past week. And also, I do uh, interviews both with Swedish and international players uh, playing in the, in the SHL uh, that is uh, published in English once every month. So you'll be able to find some international content on the SHL website as well. So head on over to shl.se and, well, have a look around and you can always watch the, the highlights there as well. So a bit of 
bit of a promotion there for for the league website but you should if you're really interested and if you want to have a look around just feel free and if you have any questions just let us know through our social media channels so yeah yeah exactly and um yeah like you said you can watch the highlight packages which is a good way to keep track of what's going on especially if you're not located in sweden each game has you know about a three three and a half minute highlight package that gets uploaded yeah. about an hour after after the game so you can check that out um but yeah brinus obviously uh rolling on with some momentum uh they've got a couple of tough matchups coming up this week as well uh i believe we've got a full slate of games tonight do we not yeah we do we do yeah um, yeah, so they, Brinus is playing Oskarsham tonight, so that should be an interesting matchup. And then tomorrow, or on uh, Saturday, rather, they're playing Rogla, which uh, is going to be another big test for them. Yeah, uh, I think we. I, I'm not expecting Brinus to kind of stay atop the league because there are some sleeping teams right now. But I mean, given what we've said about Brinus heading into the season, I think this is pretty much as close to a perfect start they they kind of wanted and <clears throat> given that what happened last year this is a clean slate for them um good for them yeah and i and yeah like we mentioned obviously super early in the season um these standings certainly do not reflect what will uh what will be uh will will be looking at at the end of the season because i mean 14th and first are separated by just eight points so yeah <clears throat> and Speak- i i I, Sorry, had a, I, had, I had a chat with their, their new head coach, Mikko Manner, uh, obviously a Finnish coach. And uh, the Finnish head coaches hasn't really done well over the well in the past in the SHL. So he actually said, because I talked to him before before the, the season opener, that it was pretty much up to him to kind of defend the honor of the Finnish coaches in, in the SHL. Because the last time we had a Finnish head coach actually uh, staying... Uh, during the uh, or throughout a whole season was back in 05 if I'm not not mistaken otherwise they've come in as replacement coaches or been fired mid-season so uh, it's up to him pretty cool yeah and good uh, for him to get the the great start that's what I yeah yeah exactly and especially obviously after what happened with Brinus last year just avoiding relegation um, you know they have a lot to prove uh, to themselves, to the league, to their fans, to to show that hey, they're 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 back and they're willing to fight for their their spot in this uh, league to get back on top. And yeah, so it's it's a good start, a good strong start for them, given uh, given their situation uh, the last season and uh, you know what was going on with the club during the off season. So yeah, exactly. I was about to say. I mean, everything that's been going on off the ice with all the allegations and the the chaos in in you know top management and all that. This is. <laughs> the way they're responding on the ice is pretty much everything a fan can wish for and obviously the the management as well to get the kind of the calmness at least for the team and then the organization can kind of build off off of that so good all around can we just transition from this to Colleftio sure. because we were talking about them before and we've said that they we expect them to be a high scoring top tier team they're not impressing Honestly, they're not looking solid at all. And I had this worry with Robert Olson being the head coach because I've said it before, when he was coaching Jurgården, they played solid for, you know, stretches during the game. Then they kind of got into a shell. I didn't watch the Brinas game, but I'm kind of worried that Kvalefti are falling back into Robert Olson's bad habits in terms of how he... He's, he, I think his game coaching or match coaching is... is uh, there's something off there. And uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to hang the guy out to dry because he seems to be a really, really cool person. But there's something there he needs to tweak in terms of uh, mid-game coaching, I think. 
Well, I think one of the issues for Halefti could be is the fact that they have a ton of new guys on their roster that have never played together, and they're, they're just waiting and looking for some chemistry. You know, you got to get some line matching, see who works with who, see who doesn't work where. Fair enough. Um, so so th- there's kind of a, an adjustment period, I feel, for Halefti in the first few games of the season. Because, I mean, if you look at their lineup, it's almost almost half new new players this season. Um, yeah. they, cause they lost a lot of, uh, you know, lost a lot of their veteran players that have been playing for them for multiple seasons. Uh, you know, guys like Andreas Wingerly who, uh, went over to test the, test the waters in the NHL. They, uh, so yeah, it's, um, I, I think there's an adjustment period here for left you. Uh, but that being said, perhaps it's that with a combination of Robert Olson's coaching style. Uh, you know, it's probably not one or the other, but uh, a combination of multiple issues. What kind of, I mean, they won, they outshot Brina 16 to five in the, in the third period there, uh, letting in two goals on, yeah. uh, which is, I mean, what the hell, <laughs> honestly, it's, uh, it's, it's not supposed to go that way. Like you said, Vevelainen had a great game. But the inefficiency in the ter- in terms of shooting and then the lack of defense because letting in two goals in five shots in a period isn't you know top tier. <laughs> it's not top tier material. Uh, so, well, especially uh, from a guy like Gustav Lindvall, you expect better. exactly. And they're facing Ferry Stad today. We might as well. This will be published right before I guess puck drop. So so uh, for those of you listening in Sweden, you might listen on Friday, which is why we won't be able to give you the exactly the latest uh, information. But but yeah. So it's a it's an interesting matchup for Kolefjo today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another team, obviously, I wanted to touch on was Lin Shoping. Yeah. Um, started the season with a three-game losing streak. Uh, they had a bad loss to Faristad on Thursday night. They lost four nothing, getting shut out, which I believe is their second shutout loss in just the first three games of the season. Um, so it's you know it's it, it's a, it's a tough start for Lin Shoping, and it feels like uh, we're a broken record at this point when it comes to talking about Lin Shoping. However. Bright spot on Saturday, they went down three nothing to Lexand, and you know I'm sure a lot of uh, or a lot of uh, Lynchoping fans were basically saying, "Oh, that's four in a row to start the season." Yeah, so actually, I saw quite a lot of you know the gifts when Peter Griffin goes from the cinema, going done and just leaving the cinema. Have you seen that episode when he leaves the? <laughs> I'm sorry, David's practically dying right now. What happened? Sorry, I just inhaled something, and now I'm coughing my head off. Okay, Dave, Dave, Davis, uh, I don't know what's going on. Uh, if you had, if the, this is, had been a YouTube clip, it would have been, you know, gift and clipped all. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is poor radio, but it's funny for me because I have the visual. Anyway, there sorry, were a I just got gift. like a, I just got like a scratch in the back. <clears throat> it's still there. You, you might got like a this. scratch in the back of my throat there. No, it's fine. Yeah, this is great radio, dude. Uh, okay. But yeah, Lexan uh, went up 3 nothing. Lin Shoping. A lot of people just went, done, and that's yeah. it. But Lin Shoping pulled it together. Patrick Russell uh, signed to be one of the top scorers, scored twice. Uh, Jesper Pedersen, another homecomer. Uh, not the equalizer. So uh, all in all, a good, a solid performance there. And then they just scored. Uh, they sorry, it was a shootout win. I thought it was an overtime win with Henrik Turnfist scoring the winner. Um, very important win, obviously, get, grabbing those two first points. And they're facing Rögle tonight at home. Um, obviously, this being the first day with uh, the COVID restrictions lifted, I think mo- most people are kind of hoping to. To get the full house, there it won't be. I think we'll see a crowd of around maybe five thousand people or four thousand five hundred or so. But 
that the atmosphere might be playoff-like, and I think that might help Linköping to at least a point today. But Rögle is the top team, and they're out for out for blood again. Yeah, and um, just touching back on that Lexan game, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, so many times last season we saw Linköping go into overtime into a shootout into a shootout and lose and you know they're just leaving points on the table so obviously that's that that's a big one for them to to come away with that and uh yeah it's definitely going to give them some momentum <clears throat> some momentum and some confidence heading into this game against Rogla which is going to be a, a huge test for them and like you said with the restrictions being lifted and uh the hometown crowd there that might give them a little boost of energy yes and I I met up with Brock Little yesterday to talk about well there's, there's a piece coming out on the SHL website uh, Friday uh, that, that that SHL spotlight for you uh, English speakers out there to kind of read it uh, where we talk about you know the start of the season and all that and uh, having been around the team for quite some time I mean I've been following them following them on a daily basis since I was a teenager and on a semi-regular basis before that. The feeling heading into this season is that there's a different atmosphere within the locker room, around the team. Now, it's been said before, but I actually asked Brock Little about that yesterday, and he said, yes, there's, the spirits are high. And I was watching, I went down to watch their practice yesterday, and you can kind of tell there's a, they, they don't seem to be bothered about their, their poor start. Obviously, it was, they lost their first couple of games. They didn't play. Uh, they, I think they had two games in the first three weeks, which is rough, especially when you're losing. Um, but spirits are high, and I think I think they don't they don't really think about stuff the way they used to. And also, just before we leave the the subject of lean shopping, if Brock Little scores today or whenever he scores, he'll be uh, the used-born player with the most goals in the SHL. It will be his 137th goal when he scored next time. Uh, he's tied for first with Tom Bissett at 136 now, so it's pretty cool. Which is, yeah, a huge achievement for him. Um, and, I mean, imagine if he hadn't left for that one year for Switzerland, yeah. he would have uh, been way on top. And, I mean, he's obviously going <clears> to <throat> smash the record this year. Uh, hopefully. Seen as how, <laughs> seen as, yeah, hopefully, seen as how he's you know one goal away and we're already at the start of the season. But, yeah, but uh, I, I actually talked about it with him to yesterday, and he went, yeah, someone brought it up to me when we had a couple of games left in the regular season last season, and he hasn't scored since, so he's, <laughs> he really <laughs> wants to get that goal now. He'll be on the yeah. podcast anytime soon. We are going to set that up, but uh, let's hope he can break the record first, and then we'll get him on. But yeah, I just wanted to kind of touch on what you said about the attitude in the locker room for Lynch Open, because there were certainly times last year when they were on their losing streaks that they looked like they were <clears throat> just so down and out. And then you could tell they really turned it around at the end of the season <clears throat> when they went on that run. So, yeah, attitude is important. We're not going to hang anyone out to dry or anything, but, I mean, there are indications that the coaching staff that was around the team uh, to start in the start of last season might not have had the best effect on the team in terms of morale and, uh, you know, uh, mood in general. And it seems to be, the spirit seems to be way higher this season with uh, Klaus Hesmann and Jeroen Dahlgren, who actually came out. <laughs> I was standing in the in, in the players, uh, you know, in the entrance yesterday and just waiting for Brock. And there was an interview going around, uh, being done with Patrick Russell and <laughs> Dahlgren, assistant coach, came came singing uh, behind him. He's the greatest da- Danish player of all time, singing about Patrick Russell, and it just, yes, you don't see that today. Uh, well, you didn't see that yet last season. So it's uh, there's something different going around in Linköping. And I, Russell obviously scored scored twice. 
uh, last game, and I think he'll he, he's solidified his game over the past well game and a half maybe. He's uh, well, I think they're bound for a pretty decent season, and if they can get some points today, it, uh, it would be good for them. Should we move on? Because we always spend time a lot uh, talking about Linchev, and we can talk about something else. Yeah, I want to touch on Malmo, who also yes. is off to a great start this season, sitting third overall with uh, nine points in their first four games. 15 goals scored, 12 against, which, I mean, is not the best. But, um, yeah, sitting third overall and a great start for the Red Hawks. Yeah, I'm, uh, we've said it before. We're, we're impressed with uh, what they've done in terms of signings, in terms of building the team. And, uh, I mean, they're building on what they've got. And like I said before, Daniel Marmelind is one hell of a goalie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, I mean, they had a good win against uh, Gordon back on Thursday. It was a tight game, like, right through until the very end. And uh, they came away with the the 3-2 win. Um, I mean, they did jump out to the 2-0 lead in the second period, but then gave Gordon a little bit of a, a little bit of breathing room to come back there, uh, but finished it off uh, in the third period. So, um, yeah, good win for them, solid win. And, uh, yeah, obviously a good start for them, uh, for a team who's kind of been – you know, what did they finish last year? Tenth? Ah, oh, Hang on, I'll, I'll look it up. Because they've been, you know, just they squeaking had... in. It's just squeaking into the playoffs the last couple of seasons. Ninth, yeah. So yeah. they've just been squeaking into the playoffs the last couple of seasons. So uh, another team that's off to uh, a good start. But they had they had such a poor start last season. I mean, if if I think they were one of the top teams in terms of points from January onwards or, onwards or something like that last season. So judging by... They're playing the last third of the regular season, and now where they are right now, I think they're onto a great, uh, onto something really great, and they're built for success this season. Might not be a semifinal team or if like that, but I mean, if they finish top five and they can build from there, that's a really good so, uh, foundation for next season and seasons to come. Honestly, last season it's uh, <clears throat> hard to judge them as uh, finishing poorly in ninth just because of uh, the schedule they had due to True. COVID outbreaks and rescheduling. There was a, a point there where I believe they didn't play a game for almost a month because of uh, because of COVID. And I mean, the fact that they finished ninth, managed to finish ninth, is a, a, a honestly impressive. Just just given the fact that, that uh, they they certainly had one of the worst schedules of the season last year. Yeah, um, I'm actually pulling it up now from January. Uh, oh, come on, come on. From January uh, 30th through March 31st. Was that end of regular season? I'm going to extend that, I think. I believe that was the end of the regular season. I'm just, it's still loading. Okay, so yeah, let's just, to, until April 9th, I think this includes playoffs, obviously, but just looking at the, 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 the summary uh, summary of, of the games. Lexan was the best team with 14 wins in 16 games through during that period. Kolefjo uh, second, uh, Ferris third, and Malmö fourth. But Malmö played 21 games in that span. So, but they did win 11. And uh, yeah, so you gotta give it to them. They're they're just building off what they off that kind of um, what the what what we thought it might be during the whole regular season last season, and uh, it's it's just showing right now. We yeah, also they, had a very they yeah they just finally found their stride uh, coming into the end of the season last year. So um, yeah, they're just trying to I don't know carry that momentum, pick up where they left off. Yeah. <clears throat> um, moving on. 
Yeah, where do we want to go from here? Um, uh, there has been, I mean, not a lot of player news, but there are a few things we could talk about. Yeah, anything in particular you want to discuss? Um, oh, shoot, there was one. Um, there's a, the, a new um, signing coming over for your Gordon. Is there not? Mm, yeah, Peter Holland. That's the one. Yes, Peter Holland yes. is coming over for your Gordon. Um, this is another North American signing that uh, smells uh, of Barry Smith. Yes. Um, he's not cheap, dude. But <clears> no, but uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, obviously, your Gordon not off to the greatest of starts. I mean, they do have a new head coach. They've got a, new, a lot of new players on the roster. Um, Peter Holland is uh, coming over, and I believe they said he should be good to go. Make sure as, as long as everything goes smoothly with. COVID and restrictions and quarantines or what what have you. Visas as well, obviously, is an issue. Uh, he should be good to go October 7th against Rogla. But Dude, he's I think playing. he'll be playing Saturday. I'm you not sure, so? but I th- yeah, I think he'll be available Saturday if everything goes, you know, perfectly. Yeah. But yeah, he's been playing the last two seasons in the KHL with uh, Automobilist Diakon Terraberg, uh, where he put up... With oh, Pavel Datsuk, one should mention. Oh, that's pretty cool, actually. I didn't yeah. realize that. Um, but yeah, in 119 games played, he's put up 79 points, 29 goals and 50 assists in the KHL. Um, he also has 266 games played in the NHL with uh, the New York Rangers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Anaheim Ducks. Um, and I believe that's it. So, Didn't yeah. he play for Arizona? Oh yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's he's got a lot of experience, NHL, AHL, KHL. Um, so this is a big signing for your Gordon. I'm, I, I don't think many people realize how good a player he is honestly this is a top tier signing and had he come in the summer it would have been a massive news thing but he this well i'm super excited to see him play and if we could get him on this show it would be massive but just i'm super excited i i have seen a lot of peter holland in in the nhl and i it was a real bomb coming (laughs) coming down on me when i realized that's that's the guy they were signing and yeah Jesus Christ, he's a first. Uh, I mean, he's, he's he'll he'll be one of the best centers in the league just from the get go here. Uh, yeah, well, and I mean, he was a first rounder by Anaheim, fifteenth overall back in two thousand nine. So, yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's a big name. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, how old is he now? He was drafted in two thousand nine. What's that? He's, he's thirty. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, like you said, he was probably pretty expensive to bring over, but um, uh, I guess we'll see if that pays off. Jurgen doesn't fuck around this season, does they? Do they? Yeah, they. Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure if they got extra money to spend or the fact that Barry Smith is I there now, bringing think. in some guys that like him or you know guys that he likes. So um, yeah, it's uh, the roster is really really deep. I think they it, signed. It is. It is really deep, but at the same time, if it doesn't work out, I think it could be a one and done for Barry Smith. That's true, but I think did did I give you what my predictions for next season? About that? No. You know whose contract runs out next uh, after this season? And who's from Stockholm? Take a wild guess. He's a current coach in the league. Pretty successful at that as well. Uh, Roger Ronberg? No, Sam Halla. Oh, interesting. And we have yeah. talked about him moving from the Lakers uh, a yeah. couple times before on the show. I think I've said it before, but my prediction is that he's the next coach in Uruguay and should it, shouldn't it work out with uh, with uh, Barry Smith? That, yeah. I, th- I think that's the... I, I have no, no indications, no insight, no nothing. 
but just just a feeling. Yes, they signed Barry Smith to a one-year deal to kind of build off, and if he can, if they can, th- this is just me talking. I think that's what they done. They they used Barry, used Barry Smith to kind of build a foundation in terms of moving forward, and also use his connections to get some players to sign with Gordon now. And if they can show Peter Holland that Jurgen is a great place to stay, and if they can keep him over next season, and then add Sam Holland to that, mm-hmm, mm, that's a business plan. Yeah, I really, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that's my thinking. And if anyone else has any indication or information on otherwise, let me know. But until until I'm proven wrong, that's what I go with. Yeah, that that's that's fair. But um should we maybe send it over to Matt Murley and you for the interview? Yes, we should. Enjoy because I sure as hell did. Yeah, and um like we said, very diverse resume from this man. So uh enjoy the interview. Yeah. Okay guys, we're here with uh well let's start like this. Let's say like this. Uh, I enjoy talking to every hockey player out there because everyone's got their own story. And uh our guest today, looking at his resume, that being the Elite Prospects page. It takes us from North America through the NHL, AHL, through the KHL, the Swiss League, the Swedish Elite Series, as it was called back then, uh, and the DEL, and it ended up in the Asia League. And nowadays, our guest is, uh, uh, do I dare to say, a pro betting uh, <laughs> pro better? And also, he's actually residing in the north of Sweden. So welcome to the show, Mr. Matt Murley. How are you today? Good. Thanks for having me on. Coming on. And also, there's a disclaimer. We were just talking before uh, we started the recording here that uh, Matt has uh, his daughter on at preschool and, well, he's a bit on call. So if this gets cut short, that's why. Uh-huh. <laughs> so anyone out there, if Matt leaves, uh, we we're, we're, we might do it again. So how are you uh, keeping up with hockey nowadays? Uh, it's, it's going good. Um, like you talk, talked on, I'm kind of become the gambling correspondent for uh, Spit and Chicklets. So, yeah. um, and the European correspondent. So I'm, you know, I try to feed those guys some young, young Swedish players or KHL players that they might not know about, and then that's kind of transformed into doing some uh, gambling picks with them and content with all that kind of crazy stuff. And the best part about it is I can do a lot of it from here in Sweden. Yeah, that's true. But you've been over to for for some betting uh, stuff. I, I I listened to it must have been a couple of months back. Now you did some in like in person betting for like a weekend or something, was it? Yeah, we did. Uh, we went back. They flew me back to the headquarters, so we did a we did a bunch of live streams, watching the games and doing that. And then I just got back like a month ago. We were over in Detroit. We had a big uh, hockey fest. It was called Barstool Hockey Fest, and it was. A, a big street hockey and roller hockey tournament and it was uh it was it was it was a great weekend yeah i'm lagging behind on this bit in chicklets uh, listening actually so i'm gonna do some binge listening throughout the week here but uh it's it's hard to keep up when you got kids to to keep up with all the podcasts and and but uh, i love the show so i actually i got a i'm not gonna divulge the player name but a, a north american player brought me a bottle of pink whitney a while back, so I'm enjoying that from time to time. So oh, uh, nice, yeah. There, there's talk that it's going to end up coming into Sweden and Finland soon. The pink wit. Really? I've heard rumors of that. So oh man, it's going to lose its exclusivity then. Yeah, keep your eyes open for that. Oh yeah, let's do that. It's, yeah. I enjoy it a lot. Uh, we 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 rarely talk about alcohol on the show, but we were. Uh, it's a well, it's so good. I I love it a lot. But we're we're not going to talk about alcohol. Where do you want to start? I I figured we. I need to ask you because. Uh, 
I'm using, like I said, the Elite Prospects page just to keep track of the years here. But could you just tell me how you ended up in Amor Khabarovsk uh, back uh, in 08? For the, it, it was the inaugural KHL season, the first yeah. real season, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's when it moved from the Super League to KHL. Yeah. So I had been in the NHL and AHL mostly, and my last two years there was kind of basically just AHL, and I was the leading scorer for my organization both years, and it only got it only got me three games in the NHL, and those three games I played I think seven minutes a game, so it was getting really frustrating and just like what am I doing? I had a bunch of friends that had been over in Russia playing, and they liked it. They're making a lot more money than you do in the AHL. So at that point I was kind of just, I was over, I was done. I was done with this AHL NHL act. And I was supposed to go to Minsk actually at the start of that season, I had a deal done. And then the KHL being the KHL, they fired the coach before training camp even started before we even oh. got there. So then I ended up coming, I was like, ah, well, I'll just do one more year then in the AHL. And I signed with Carolina to play in Albany, my hometown. And everything was all set. I was going to play there. And then all of a sudden I got a phone call about um, another guy's number, like to go play in a more. And like, can you give me this guy's number? I'm like, yeah, here's his number. And blah, blah, blah. So I just checked in on the guy like three days later. Like, did he take that contract in Russia? And he's like, no. I'm like, give it to me. Joking, like completely joking. He's like, he writes me back, like, here, call this guy, Paul Theophanis, my agent. He's like, call this guy and uh, and see what he says. So I called him just just a call. And then yeah. all of a sudden, this guy had me talked into going to Russia in three days. So I ended up leaving Albany and and I went over to Moore, not really knowing anything. I knew where it was on the map, which was crazy. <laughs> but, um I got there and it was a bad team. Like our coach was a typical old school Russian. So a lot of yelling. Yeah, it just was not my style of play. It was no. not a great season, but it was a it was a great experience. I'd say I, I've had I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. I'm, I, I like traveling and I've had like three trips planned to Russia back doing my former work in, in the industry and uh, and uh all of them got canceled, so I haven't actually been to Russia, but I can imagine there's a bit of a culture shock coming over from North America to to Russia. And obviously, we've heard some stories on on the Spitting Chicklets podcast. But in terms of you know every everyday life, did you get like acclimatized to it, or was it just yeah, weird? Yeah. For me, I was single and like young, and everything was good. I just wanted to play hockey. I wanted to make some money, and um, I went there. I actually went there with another guy, Nolan Pratt. And he yep. was an older guy. He was married with two kids. So he left his family behind. So I always thought I had it easy compared to what he had to go through. But we were roommates and we kind of just hung out together, did everything. And yeah, I didn't really have any problems. I mean, I didn't like we had some flights because of how far away we were. Yeah. I mean, we would stop like we had the small plane. We'd have to stop twice to get gas. So we would come Jesus. down in the middle of a blizzard in the middle of Siberia, stop for two hours, get gas. And then we would go back up. And I remember one of the trips was on like Christmas too. Like we had to stop twice. So it took us like 15 hours to get to this place. And, and then you have to play the next day. You've also changed times. So that stuff was wild. But uh, yeah, I mean, I had fun with it and I, I just enjoyed it. And I just wish I had played better. <laughs> yeah, you got 33 games in the KHL. I just want to go back to the to the. We're going to move on from the KHL, but I spoke to someone. I spoke to uh, Ricard Jinge of Växjö a couple of weeks back or a couple of months back. We were just talking about the KHL, and he said that 
when he was playing in, in Russia, they actually planned their road trips a bit. I'm guessing better than they did when you were playing because he said, well, they were leaving like he played because he played in Vladivostok, mm-hmm. which is actually even further to the east than, than Khabarovsk, not by far in by Russian standards, but anyway. Uh, and he said they would leave like two or three days prior to the games and just to, to get the time zones kind of changed. But there was was none of that for you or? No, we would always go the day of. It was, I remember, I, it was, because then this is how crazy we, we would get there after that 15 hours in the plane and then we would practice. We would practice for 45 minutes. Then we would go back to the hotel we would have a 45-minute video meeting, then we would eat dinner, and then we would finally get to bed. And it, I, I don't even remember, like, I think it would be like 3 in the morning back of where we were, finally going to bed, taking, like, sleeping pills to go to sleep Jesus. and to try to get ready. And then we'd play that next game, and there was no chance for us to win that game. <laughs> no, I mean, I, get, I your yeah. road record must have been awful. Yeah, I mean, our, our, our whole record was awful. True. <laughs> <laughs> but we should have been better at home because the other teams would come that way. And yeah. what was interesting with that was some of the teams would just stay on their time zone. So say they were from Moscow, they wouldn't even try to adapt to our time. So they would just stay on Moscow time and almost play the game at like 10 in the morning. You know what I mean? It would be 10 in yeah, the morning, yeah, yeah, yeah. but really five or 7 PM where we That's were. Kind of was, weird. Yeah. It was one like teams tried everything to try to get around it. I don't think there's a science or like an exact no. science to it. It's just, you try everything and hope for the best. I guess, I guess <laughs> uh, we're moving on because we're going to get to the, the, the SHL, but obviously this is a, this is a hockey podcast, but we do focus on the SHL. Um, then you moved to, to to Switzerland for for one season. Um, you played actually with three teams there. How did that go? Because you Langenthal, Lugano, and then also Raffles, uh, sorry, Raffersville. What, what was yeah. that like? Because I'm guessing moving from Russia to uh, Switzerland, which is which is quite literally a Russian backyard in terms of size. Um, what was that like? Yeah. So, I mean, I wanted to stay in Russia. Like that, that was the best league and the best money, but my season wasn't great. And they all, they care about the stats, but for a while we had some teams thinking about it and it kind of took so long that all the other jobs in Europe got picked up. So I was kind of basically like a free agent with nowhere to go. And then all of a sudden this Switzerland team called in the Swiss B league and said, Hey, he can come over. And he can just go like basically day to day contract and then till something else opens up. Okay. And we were thinking like, well, yeah, like the A-League <laughs> has five imports. They always add one at the end of the season, but they're like, somebody's likely to get hurt. And if you're there in Switzerland, I can see that you've been playing, you know, it's going to probably be a better chance. Probably, yeah. And so, I was like, ah, I got nothing else going. <laughs> we got to take it. We got to take it. So I went there. I think I was there two months. And a guy got hurt in Lugano. So I went there and I had a contract for the rest of the season, but they could get out of it after one week if they didn't like me. So I played three games. I got two, a goal and an assist, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then the crazy guy was like, oh, I don't think you skate good enough for the Swiss League. So we don't want to keep you. And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess the the two points in three games on like the fourth line wasn't good enough for you. And so then... (laughs) I'm sitting there again in a couple of days and then this Rappersville team had seen me and saw that I was scoring and they signed me for the rest of the year. No problem. 
And I, I went up there. I actually played with some Swedish guys there, Christian Berglund. I was about to ask, Rappersville is well-known uh, in terms in Sweden here because uh, quite a few play- players. Yeah, Christian Berglund, yeah. Yeah, Nicholas Norgren. And uh, we actually had a Swedish coach when I first got there. Oh, uh, yeah. Swedish coach. I can't remember his name. I think we went through like three coaches in just the three months I was there. We went into like a relegation thing. And again, I did really well. I had a ton of points and the team survived the relegation. So I thought maybe I would go back there, but again, that didn't happen. And then the the next summer was Sweden. <laughs> so, which will, which actually brings us here, yeah. Um, I'm, yeah. You came to Lin Shopping, and looking at your stats once again, you had a great outing, but you had you played on a short term deal, deal or even a tryout deal for some reason because Lin Shopping were kind of expecting their uh, Czech arrivals in terms of Jan Lavac and oh, well, Joseph Melikar and. Uh, Linka, but yeah. and you you performed like yeah. going through your stats here. You've performed not a point per play per game, but you're like I don't know point eight of point eight points per game pretty much everywhere you played, except for that season in Khabarovsk. So how did yeah. you what what was it like coming to Lean Shopping after the KHL and the Swiss League in terms of like the style of hockey back then? Because we're this is a, in fact eleven years ago now. Yeah, um, it was the same kind of thing. I was like sitting around all summer, nothing good really coming up. And I guess I got to blame my agents. But then eventually, <laughs> so Lin Chiping was in the preseason and they were, you know, really struggling. That's when they they would have those two Czech guys come, but they wouldn't come until November or something, mm-hmm. October. So they were really struggling in the preseason. So they knew those first 12 games, they were really going to struggle in the regular season. So they signed me for those 12 games. And then I was just like, ah, whatever, I'll go check out, get my name out in the Swedish league and just see how it is. And, and I'll go there and I know I'll do good and hopefully, you know, stay on. So then I go there and I was playing with a uh, Molinder and, um, and uh, who's the other guy Higgelin or something. It was kind of two young guys and they put me with them. We were kind of like the third line, second Did team. Did you play with Joachim Hagelin? What was that? Joachim Hagelin? Did you play no, with him? No, Lindhagen, Lindhagen, Lindhagen. Oh, Eric Lindhagen, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lindhagen and Melinder. And we were they were just like young guys. They kind of just threw me with them. We got a little power play time, but we weren't like their big guns. But then we got hot. We were scoring every game and our team was winning. I think we were, we might have been 11 and one or something in those 12 games. So we were first place. I was like a point a game and like the whole world would like, Like, oh, I'm definitely staying, even though these Czech guys are coming. So we all thought that. I mean, yeah. the, the the common notion by uh, among the fans were, like, yeah, this guy got a statement. We got to keep him. And uh, well, yeah, it was wild. And then they they are like, no, we don't have any money at all. I'm like, I don't need to make a lot of money. I'm just happy being here. And like, it's fun. I, like, I love like this was my first time in Sweden. I was like, this is way better than Russia. I went I went to the movie theaters the one time and it. And it said like, oh, what was the movie? It was like Toy Story. Yeah. Story two, and it said like English. And I was like, oh, I can go see an English movie because now I'd been in Switzerland and Russia where I couldn't see English movies. And I'm like, oh, so I go right in. I watch Toy Story two. I'm like, this is awesome. Movies in English. So I leave. I come back like two weeks later, and I'm like, again, it's just Toy Story English. I'm like, when are the other movies going to come in English? And the lady girl's like, what? And she's like, they're all, she's like, they're all played in English. I'm like, what? 
<laughs> so I understand it that the child's movie sometimes it's Swedish, sometimes it's That's English. True, yeah. I learned all that, so then I'm I could go to the movies every day. I'm like I I love Sweden. Everyone's speaking English to me. I'm like the food's unbelievable. There were sports bars. I'm like I was happy. I'm like I don't need to make a lot of money. I just want to stay here. It was a great team. We're gonna win. We were first place. Then we're gonna add these two Czech guys. So I'm like why would I want to go anywhere? But they they could never they never offer me anything. They couldn't offer me anything. So again, here I am. I'm like, oh, somebody else is going to sign me. Like I just dominated basically and got no offers. So I went and I, I, I had a buddy playing in Germany. So I went down and visited him for a couple of weeks just to stay in Europe. I didn't want to fly all the way home. I knew something would come. And then after a few weeks, Timra called. They had a couple injuries and uh, they were struggling. And I so again, I came up here. I came here on like a two month tryout. And again, I did really well. And then I got signed for the rest of that season and the next season. So I finally had a little security here. Yeah. And I got to ask, because you, you mentioned it yourself, you kind of been playing the waiting game on and off. Basically, I, what I presume is throughout your career since leaving North America. But is that nerve wracking or is it like because I spoke to um Sam Lowquist, and he was like, no, no, someone will sign me. He was like, yeah, yeah, I don't care about preseason, and I don't care about the start of the season. He was like, I know someone's going to sign me during the season. But I'm guessing it takes a lot of guts to kind of put yourself out there in that situation. Was it ever, like, nerve-wracking and you went, like, fuck it, I'll I'll do something else? Or did you just know there was something to do? I always knew, and then, you know, because I was always getting, like, lower league offers still, too. But I had friends that had gone through it, and they're like, you got to stay in the higher leagues as long as you can. And it's like, if you got to take less money to play in the KHL or the SHL, that's fine. Because then if you don't do well, you can always go to Germany or Austria or France, you know, and like, but as long as if you have a bad season down there, then you're done. Then there's like, if you have a bad season, in Sweden, at least then you can go down. So I always thought of that and tried to stay in these top leagues. So I was a little stubborn on that. Like, no, I want to be in Sweden or I want to be in Switzerland. And, and then I loved Sweden. It was just, I'd seen Russia and then I was in a little, like I was in basically like farming villages in Sweden, in Switzerland. So Sweden was just awesome. And I I loved the style of play. It worked my kind of game. It was my kind of coaching. Um, Yeah, it was, I, I like the Saturday afternoon game, four o'clock Sunday yeah. off. I was like, that was I love I love this league. It's awesome. <laughs> I gotta say, it sounds awesome to be a player. I, I can just imagine. There's there's a massive difference that that I like to talk to, uh, about uh, in terms of playing, I guess, or at least watching hockey in North America and in Sweden, and to some extent uh, even in, uh, in Switzerland and, and Germany, and that is the fans on it like on the stands and the singing fans what's that like coming over from north america being i don't know if exposed is the right word here but uh just getting into that atmosphere yeah it's definitely uh totally different than what i was used to and then um it's almost like harder because sometimes they're so loud you can't hear like your teammates and i was always the guy in the ice i like to talk like hey time time heads up or put it behind the net and you, you lose that in some of these ranks when they're going nuts. They got the drums and, and they're cheering the whole time. But it's it's definitely fun. It's exciting when you score a goal. It's it's amazing because 
you play in a lot of AHL rinks where there's no fans and no atmosphere and yeah. it's, and it gets really boring and, and it really gets hard to get up for the games. So, you know, playing here in, in Sweden, it was always, always a good crowd, always loud and always fun to play. And if you're having fun, then you're going to play better. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, before, because we're going to skip to today's to, to league because, but I have a question. Um, obviously you, you live in Sundsvall now, which is, uh, mm-hmm very close to where Timur uh, is it located. Timur is just north of Sundsvall for those uh, who don't know. Um, and I'm guessing you met your wife while playing up there. So mm-hmm. how did you guys stay in touch or did she join you? Because you moved to Zagreb, Slovan mm-hmm. Bratislava, Nuremberg, and then Japan and also South Korea. What, what was, uh, how did that all happen? Because uh, how did you stay in touch or did she join you? Yeah, I met her my second year in Timra, and then um, she actually helped me get back here for that third year. And, oh. um, you know, it. so after that third year, we got relegated, which was brutal. Otherwise, I would have probably signed here for a couple more years. Um, but I did really well in the last couple of years, and I got an offer to go to Zagreb in the KHL. So I was like, I want to get back in the KHL. And so she she stopped working and just moved with me. And uh, she went to school. She did all her schooling online. So that year in Zagreb and then a year in Bratislava, year in Germany, she came with me in the winters and she would do her all her schooling online. And then she would move back in the summer for a little bit and I would travel back and forth. She would travel to the U.S. for a month and then come back and work a little bit. And we kind of just pieced it all together all these years. Not really not really as a plan or like, you know, we, and we just kind of made it work a couple months here, a couple months there. And then when I went to Japan, she came over, I think for three months and then came back, um, South Korea was, I was kind of more on my own over there. She would come for a month or so. I had a lot of breaks. I would shoot back to Sweden on all my breaks. And, and then the summer we would split time between Sweden and New York. It's, a lot of travel. Yeah, travel a lot of work. We both had to sacrifice being with our friends and family, but it's all worth it. And now we have a beautiful daughter, 18 months old. So it's that's all amazing. Worth it. That's yeah. just, that's. I mean, we're not. This is. We're not gonna get into love and stuff. But that's that's. I mean, that's what it's all about. I guess you know, piecing it together and just uh, making it work because it's always it's worth it down the line yeah, let's talk life and like you know you meet all these other people playing on all these teams from all over and you know everybody else is doing it you know we we had we played with people that they they came over with three or four kids two or three dogs like it was just me and her traveling around it was easy you know we had, you can go explore as well yeah we yeah it's, i mean that's the best about playing in europe you get these national team breaks and you get to go travel like we've been everywhere you know you go to rome for four days you go here and uh i actually used to we used to meet up my friend matt robinson who i played in timra with we always stayed in touch the wives stayed in touch and even though we were on different teams in the khl we would always meet on our breaks you know oh, on, to cool. have fun and, and reconnect with everybody and that's that's one of the the biggest perks of European hockey is those national team breaks to travel. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I think we're as a European. I think we don't realize how spoiled we are in terms of being able to travel uh, short distances to to explore a great variety of both seasons and uh, environments. I guess because yeah, the U.S. Crazy. is a pretty vast place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the U.S., when you're playing there, you get you might get two or three days for Christmas. And then you have two or three days for the all-star break. So yeah. 
you don't have any time. Like usually on Christmas, you're going to try to get home if you're lucky enough to live close enough. And then, you know, the all-star break, maybe you try to get home again, but yeah, you don't get, you don't really get to explore like we did here. I've seen it basically now. So what's your favorite spot in Europe then? Do you have one or a couple? Um, I, I mean, obviously Sweden, I love living here. If you have to pick somewhere else, like when we lived in Croatia, it was amazing. Like the food was so good. Um, people were nice. It was, it was so cheap to live. If you ever go down in the good weather on the coast, it's, it's ridiculous. It's really beautiful. It's so beautiful. It was, yeah, that was a great, great living there. I like Croatia as well. It's uh, I'm, well, language-wise, I'm guessing I would prefer like Germany, but in terms of of uh, weather and uh, like you said, the food is amazing down there. So I would I would say so. But let's talk the Asian league before we go into the betting part of the of life here. Uh, I've been put to both Japan and, and uh, South Korea myself, but I can't. I'm having trouble visualizing the hockey. What's that like? Yeah, so I have had I had a lot of my friends from RPI that I played college with went over there, and yeah. we had little. They had like a connection of a the national team coach knew a guy that played with us. So I, I had seen some buddies go over there, and I same thing like, what is this league? And but they would come back and like tell me like how awesome it was and like good money, and I'm like, what are these guys talking about? And I never really gave it serious thought to go there. I was like, ah, I don't want to go to those lower leagues. But then as time went by, all of a sudden, like after my year in Germany, I I basically had enough of playing. I didn't really want to keep playing. And uh, I was ready to just stop and like get into coaching or something else. And I had a call from my buddy Ryan Caldwell, who had also been bouncing around Europe and staying in touch with him, meeting up and stuff. He's like, I just signed in Japan. And I'm like, oh, cool. He's like, you want to come? And I'm like, no, I don't want to come. Like, I don't want to play in Japan. And he's like, no. He's like, come on, you'll be on my team. He's like, it'll be hilarious. Like, just come over here. He's like, it's good money. I got this. I'll get him to give you this much money. I'm like, all right, if you get him that, I'll go with you. Next thing you know, me and Johanna, we're going to Japan. And uh, we got there. And it was, thank God I went there. It was, it was the most amazing experience. The Japanese people are the, like the nicest. Yeah most respectful people like the the teammates the people it's such a clean like country like it's so safe and it, i couldn't say enough good things about japan i would agree i, I i've had a dream since i was I, I don't know seven or eight you know when i started reading and reading i always read like maps and atlases and stuff because i we were always traveling with a with the family and i got you know mesmerized by japan and a couple of years back i got to go there for the first time and it's just it's such a great place. And then we actually went back in 2015 as well and traveled for two weeks, did, you know, the Shinkansen and Tokyo and, uh, well, Hiroshima and everything. It's I, it's one of the most amazing countries I've ever been to, I think. But how, where would you rank the, the, the hockey there? What what's Yeah, it was always like? tough to try to figure that out just because I had gone there like later in my career, you know? Yeah. It, it was a lot, lot better than I imagined. Um, all the players are like, they're so intense and so fit. And and I always, I would always say it was like middle of the road, like Al Svenskin's team. Okay. Like, so, because when I would play here and I would play those top teams in the Kaval Syrian, you know, they were, it was better than that. But okay. 
That's cool. It, it wasn't as good as those top teams. You know what I mean? I kind of looked at it that way with my scoring, too. Like, when I would play in those Cavall series against the Osvenskins, you know, it was like a point a game or so. Yeah. And then when you got there, it was kind of like a little bit easier to get points, but it was still tougher. And then as the years went on, they started because this Russian team was in the Asian League. So they had all these guys like six foot tall. They just would get like the biggest Russians because all the Japanese and South Korean teams are so small and they would just try to intimidate us. Yeah. And we were only allowed to have three imports. And um, so after that, then they allowed they said the Russians weren't imports. So then all these teams started grabbing Russians. So the league just got better and better um, compared to my first year. So it actually got a lot better where it would have probably moved up. Like some of those, you know, it'd be right up there with some of those Osvenskin teams. And um, we also had, I think, nine Korean guys that were North American that had passports just for the Olympics because they knew they were having the Olympics. So they gave these guys – they had to come play for like six years and then they got a passport. So the league got really good once they, they added all these other Russians and then like they'd added us in there and it was actually a pretty good league. Cool. Uh, yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, so uh, just to round off the, the hockey part of, of this uh, little talk we got here, um, what, 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 Do you ever like because you obviously you're pretty good with your, your own stats here and uh, you, you, you have a very um i would i might say photographic memory i might be wrong there but you seem to you know keep up with everything you've done have you kept track of everything like keeping diary or pictures or how did you kind of yeah my mom told me that years and years ago i should have been writing everything down and obviously you don't listen um (laughs) no i have not listened but like it's funny as you do some of these like interviews on these podcasts and stuff and then the stories just kind of come back Um, I probably should have written them down. My buddy was on me for a few years to to write a book about it all. I was going to call it the suitcase because I was. That's actually, awesome. You should do that. Hockey or a suitcase if you get traded and moved around. And yeah, I mean, I actually I really wanted to do that. I wanted to see all the countries. I would have I would like to play in Russia longer, made a lot more money. But when I left my dream, like you know, the NHL dream, um, and I tell kids that all the time, like when you leave north america come to europe make sure you're done like yeah. you're giving up your dream don't think you're going to come here and be able to go back that's very rare and i was good i was fine i lived my dream and that was it and i wanted to just come over here and experience the world i thought i would do it two or three years see two or three countries and i ended up just like staying healthy and and found good cities and good teams and was able to just keep this thing going as long as i did and it was really cool Funny you should say that about that specific, you know, make sure uh, you want to, you're not coming, you, you're sure you're not coming back because a friend of the show and also a friend of both me and Dave, Andrew Gordon, link shopping player, obviously, uh, told me once that he had, you know, one specific moment that he, that he knew, you know, I'm done with the NHL. I'm done. I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm, I'm pretty much fuck this. I'm going to, to Europe. What was that? Did you, can you like point to a specific moment when you would know, when you knew? Yeah, well, that's right. Like, because I was in Phoenix organization there my last year, and I and I was leading scorer. I I did great. I got called up. Oh Wayne, yeah, yeah. Wayne Gretzky was my coach, and that's I got cool. for, I got an assist the first game. Like, this is great. Like, I'm 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 gonna I'm staying up here this time. Like, no more of this going back. 
And again, I play seven, eight minutes and I get sent down and I'm just like, what? Like, I'm done with this. So that's when I was trying that. I was supposed to go to Minsk and I was all. Oh, yeah, so and then that fell apart. And by that point, it was too late. So I, I was like, all right, I'll do one more year AHL and really do good and then go to Russia and then I'm done. And I got down to training camp in Carolina and I was like, oh, what am I doing? Like, I wasn't happy. But I, I so I play the first exhibition game. I get an assist. I play in the second exhibition game up in Philly, and I score our only goal. We lose 4-1. On the plane ride home, Peter LaViolette hands me a plane ticket with my name already printed on it. So no matter what I did, I was getting sent down, and that's fine, too. Like, I know I'm going to Albany. I'm living in my hometown. It's what I want. So I get back to the hotel, and, like, normally in, like, NHL training camp, when every, like, 10 or 12 guys get sent down at the same time, and you all go out and party that night and, you know, drown your sorrows, and then you all head down to the AHL camp together. So I get back to the hotel, like, hey, guys, where are we, like, who else is going out tonight? Like, who else got sent down? And they're like, nobody else. I was the only one in the whole camp that got sent down. I was like, what, what is going on here? So I go out by myself, and then <laughs> – so I get back to Albany and, you know, I'm in my my own house. And like, I'm loving life. I'm talking to the coach there. And he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, you're going to be like the captain. So we wanted to get you down here at the start of camp. And I'm like, well, it would have been nicer if like they explained all that instead of just handing me a ticket on the plane. And what made me feel a little better, like show me a little respect. Like, yeah. So, yeah. So I was already kind of in a bad spot already. And then that guy gave me that phone call and. I was like, yeah, screw it. If I can go now, I'm going to go for it. Because I I had felt that this, I was done. Yeah. And it was, it wasn't going to happen. But you Life. never know. Life's full of surprises. Now and, you got to. Like, I had a bunch of injuries. Like my body was killing me. So I'd say, like I said earlier, I thought I'd go over to Europe for two or three years. I never yeah. imagined I was going to be able to play till I was 39. Or I, I let alone meet your wife and live in Sweden after that. Yeah, exactly. I I maybe held on a couple of extra years if I knew I was going to have that long of a career. But at the time, I was hurting so much that I thought I was done any any second. What so, a story! I you should really yeah. write that book. Um, <laughs> I, I got to tell you. Well, now um, I've, told, I've told them all the stories on these all these podcasts now. So. Then it's easy. Just transcribe it, and then you're done. <laughs> yeah. uh, making the transition from hockey player to hockey better, if you will, of bet, betting. Um, how did you get into that from the in the first place? Because not all not everyone's into betting and gambling and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I've always been a gambler. Like me and my friends, we were in youth hockey. We were we were playing cards in the hotel at night, and you know, we turned eighteen. We were going to the Indian casinos, and then you get into like it's betting was always a thing in the U.S. on American football. That's always a thing. You're always in a little office pools or little stuff, and. And then, you know, I got actually to Sweden is when you guys have all these sports betting apps and stuff, yeah. which we didn't have in the U.S. It was it's not legal back then. It's coming along now. Yeah. Now in the U.S., it's almost like completely legal in like half the states. And it's all it's it's being accepted way more than it used to be this. Oh, don't talk about it. Don't talk about gambling. Like, what are you guys doing? And so I had been doing it from Sweden when I'm here, like with the bet three, six, five app that these, my old teammates showed me, which, uh, now we, that's in us, but barstool sportsbook apps way better, yeah. but it's only in certain States right now. And, um, so I'd always been doing it and my buddy, Ryan Whitney, who I played in Wilkes-Barre in Pittsburgh, we used to bet the football games together. We'd go, we have Vegas trips together and gambling and, 
um, you know, he invited me down to do an interview like this down in Philadelphia a few years ago. And we were going to a game. We were actually going to go to the Flyers Capitals game after. And it was a tough game. Like, who are we going to take? Who are we going to take? And I'm like, let's take the draw. And, you know, Biz and all the and RA, they're all in the car. And they're like, what are you talking about draw in a hockey bet? And I'm like, you know, like the European soccer, like you can bet, you know, you can bet either team or you can bet draw. And it's usually like plus 300. Yeah. And, and they're like, what, what, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, if we can't decide who we should take, let's just take draw and hope for overtime. So we all do it. And lo and behold, we're at the game. Everything's recorded and videoed and it hits, it wins. So Biz had put a video up before the game telling everybody to take it. Oh. And, we, and we all take it. So kind of not viral, but it got like really big for Chicklets viewers. Everybody won money. Everybody was happy. So I kind of got a little following from that. And then last winter, they were going to do more content on gambling and stuff. So they asked me to help RA out with the NHL picks because uh, just because of that one moment, basically. And like me and Wit, Wit want to help me out. And uh, he knows I like this stuff. And we started doing that, me and RA, and that was going pretty good. And all of a sudden, I just tweeted out one day about like a Finnish hockey league game. I saw a real big mismatch or I knew a goalie was out or something and the yeah, team won yeah. team won like seven, nothing. So now this went like really big in the U S because nobody's really talked about gambling. Nobody's ever talked about European hockey gambling. So all these people are like, wait, what's go- there's leagues over there. We can gamble on and watch, you know, where for me, I've been, I know all these leagues. I played in most of these leagues and the Swedes, like you guys are all gambling on all these leagues. Yeah, like all my friends generates everyone. Yeah. So, and it's just normal. And, um, yeah. So then the next, everybody's like, give us a Euro pick tomorrow because you got to think like in the U S you know, it's so it's during the day, there's nothing going on, but in Europe, all the games are going. So it gives people action while they're at work. And it, I pick another game and that game wins like five, nothing or something. Everybody thinks I'm a genius. So I, I start doing it like regularly, like every day. And then I did, I did some great runs and, uh, you know, it just got built, blown up and kind of became its own brand. And now, um, you know, Chicklets has been like Barstool has been bought by Penn National, which is like a casino company. Now we have our own sports book. So they need somebody to like create like content. And like I make up a lot of prop bets like during the playoffs. Say last year, I'd pick, say, Hedman to score and Tampa Bay to win. Yeah. And, you, and they put that out there and you just promote that and people and it gets bigger odds and like you can make fun stuff like that. And that's kind of what I do. And just, you know, it's just having fun with it, basically how it started. And I have a that's lot of cool. Yeah, it's cool. And I mean, I have a lot of experience because I have been in Sweden with you guys and all these apps and where yeah. legalized gambling has been going on where this is all becoming new. Live betting is all new in the U.S. That's been a thing here forever. So. I mean, I remember my first Timra games, I had friends come over and you could go up to the concourse and like give cash on the next goal score. Yeah. And it was like, I know I had like 15 guys and my buddy Migs, he did that. He came over to a game. He's like, what? I can gamble. And he's going up. He's putting a hundred krona on me every time for next goal. And we're getting, I think it was actually a Christian Berglund's team, Fairstead. Yeah. He scored four goals, I think. And they, they beat us like they're beating us five nothing. So my buddy's like, that's it. I'm done. He lost like 500 Corona betting on me next goal. And he was like, I'm not walking back up there. <laughs> so, of course, I score the five <laughs> goal with like, you know, in garbage time with like two minutes left. He was so mad. 
but uh, <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, so that's back in like 2012 or something. So, I mean, that's been going on here forever and it's all just new in the U S so. I, I, obviously we can't use the North American sports books or so, sorry, betting apps here as far as I know, uh, uh, because there's some legal mumbo jumbo in between, but what you, you mentioned the prop bets and obviously I'm, I'm a betting guy myself and I I've done some, work for the different betting companies. And one of my favorite prop bets, or if you can call it prop bets, would be over under on individual player shots in games like that. Do you do that as well? Yeah, yeah, we had some of those going. Yeah, when um, I know in the playoffs, like because the Barstool Sports app brand new too. Like last year, like in the playoffs was, was really getting going and they were having that, they had everything. They had the shots, they had the points. So I was making some like that, like Headman over two and a half shots, you know, Stamkos a goal and Tampa to win. And it would, you know, it's crazy odds. Even with, say the odds are supposed to be 600. Yeah. We can do like betting with Merles or betting with Chicklets. And instead of 600, they'll move it to like plus 680 for us. Yeah. Just because it's like a promo, like a special. Yeah. They're doing all sorts of fun stuff like that to try to get customers. And, you know, it's just, it's basically like marketing. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird product to be marketing, but yeah. It's also fun, and as long as you're responsible, and you know, it 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 makes like I you wouldn't believe how many people ask me like, oh, how do I watch SHL games? How do I watch these KHL games? All these people in the U.S. they're becoming fans of these leagues and these teams. And then I'm going to try to do more this year too, is write more blogs about like some of the teams here or like, yeah, somebody's favorite player is Elias Pettersson or or you know Headman. They don't even know where they came. They just think these guys like magically appeal. Here, you know? <laughs> the Swedish hockey factory. Yeah, they don't. They it's don't like Ikea. There's this team Modo and there's a team Timro. And then we've had all these players come through. So I'm, I want to try to like expand that. And That's awesome. I'm trying to. Actually, let's do this because we have, we have an idea. Me and Dave, we got an idea. But I don't want to put it in the podcast. So we're going to finish the recording soon. And then I can tell you about it. And we're because mm-hmm. we, they are, we have something uh, in the background. We have a like an idea we can't really float. So we might join link up here for some, something. Uh, this has been awesome. Uh, we could talk about betting for quite some time, but because I'm, I'm a degenerate as well, I'm going to lose money Thursday again. Uh, but I mean, let's hop on down the line. Do you have any predictions for like uh, Swedish uh, champions this season? What What's your kind of outlook yeah. on that? You know, it's been so early. Um, I'm just... I really thought Lulia was going to be a lot stronger, but I, Saturday they did not impress me. Nope. Um, you know, Tim Rudd, they've only had a couple games. Um, How did Ty Raddy end up in Tim Rudd, by the way? Who's that? Ty Raddy. Raddy. How yeah, he's had a great start. He's had a great yeah. I'm I'm looking at Tim Rudd as maybe an over team this year. They seem to be able to score, but the, the defense needs some work. Yeah. Um, Fralunda is always probably there. You know, Rogla is always there. I, you know, Vec- I, Malmo's surprised me. They look good. They got Soderberg back. They've looked it's pretty strong. Yeah. So it's so early. You know, I talked to Anton Axelson's a good friend of mine from our time here, and yeah. we've stayed friends. So he's a huge Fralunda supporter. So he's, he's got me brainwashed thinking they can win every game, but <laughs> you all know that can't happen. And then uh, Ryan Lash, I've gotten to know him through the years. Is He's a, he's as almost as well traveled as I am. True, but uh, he's a great player, and yeah, it's still early. Still got to watch, and that's why I've been trying to pick these KHL games, and I've been having a rough go of it because 
there's been so much turnover in the teams and you kind of got to let it balance out and see where everybody is here. True. That is true. I'm a Timra fan, so I got to pick them to win it, but I'm hoping we just stay up in the top league. If they, I mean, like you said, they're an over team uh, by the looks of it. So as long as they score one goal more than the other guys, at least they get two points. So yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt Merley, this has been awesome. Let's, uh, if you if you want, let's pick it up down the line here. Maybe Absolutely. come spring, and we'll uh, we'll see if we're, our predictions goes in, and uh, we'll reconvene and just talk some more hockey, and maybe yeah. get that book going. Yeah, uh, I, got, I got plenty more stories too, so we can. Yeah, we'll we'll be all ears, man. Okay, thank you once again to Matt Murley and of course Six Den for picking up the slack when my power was out and I could not connect to the internet because the internet requires power. Who knew? How about that? But uh, big thank you to Matt Murley and um, yeah, Six Den obviously got to get him back on the show at some point. Oh yeah, he'll be back. We're gonna we're gonna set things up uh, for sure. Um, okay, moving on. I uh, well, we've been talking about some teams that have surprised us with their success starting this season. Let's talk about Lulio, yes. who have disappointed so far. I mean, they have only played three games. However, they've only won one of those three games, and uh, they're sitting at even goals for and against six four six against. I mean, not not the start you would expect from a team like Lulio. They do have the perfect op- opponents today in Team Raw. Um, I think that it's a team they'll they'll have to look out with Tyratty obviously because yeah, um, but if they can kind of lock Team Raw down and get going with the cycle play offensively, I think this can be the game that turns their season around. If not, they're in trouble. Well, not trouble, but I mean, it, it, obviously, it it has kind of derailed their season opener. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not 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 in trouble, but um, it's. Uh, I mean, Lulio is a team that you always expect to have success. They're regardless of who you talk to in the league, they're always widely regarded as one of the toughest teams to play against. They've got one of the best defensive systems in the league, um, and yeah. So, I mean, obviously not starting to ring alarm bells at this point for Lulio, just three games into the season, but definitely not the start they were hoping for. But based on their ambitions, I just was thinking as you were talking here, maybe it, there are small alarm bells going off should they lose today? I think... Against I think, a team like Timro? I, I, yeah, I would I yeah. would kind of agree with that. Because the, the, the Timro defense has looked awful, honestly. And with the skill, individual skill that the Lulu players has throughout the lineup, they should be able to kind of break through on their own um, every now and then. And uh, judging by their own D... Uh, they should be able to kind of trap Timro if the, if you want. Uh, trap is the wrong, a poor choice of word, obviously. But yeah, this should be a one-sided game, start to finish. <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah, it's. Uh, we'll see. I, I mean, I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm I should have picked that game because I'm I'm working the lean shopping game and I picked the Ferlunda game as well. I think yeah, I should have picked Lulio. I would. That's stupid. I should have. Never mind. Uh, it's on me. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if Timro beats Lulio tonight, they'll jump ahead of them. Lulio will drop into the 13th overall in the league. Um, yeah. And like you said, not necessarily sounding the big alarm bells, but there might be a little bit of concern there from Lulio. Um, I mean, still early in the season, obviously, but um, yeah. yeah in- interesting if, start for them. Yes. And if. Linköping beats uh, Rögle and Timro beats Lulio. Uh, Lulio are actually in last place. Should Linköping grabs uh, three points, I should mention. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. 
So it, yeah, ifs and buts and all that. All that. Um, have you been watching the? Should we move on from the SHL? I want to talk to the NHL actually. Forrest, yeah, sure. Uh, have you been watching or following the preseason at all? Uh, no, not really. I'm I'm usually not a big preseason fan. I mean, it's it's good to see some of the uh, you know some of the prospects, some of the guys that aren't necessarily going to make the big team. But um, uh, go for it. What do you want to talk about? Some of the Swedish players playing. Um, I'm kind of surprised that that uh, someone told me yesterday that, that the jersey numbers on certain certain Swedes, especially Philip Berglund and Philip Broberg um, of the Oilers, they actually I'm gonna look it up because the jersey numbers are ind- indicators of where they kind of you know slot in, and I kind of. So Philip Bruberg, uh, the two demon Bruberg and Berglund, has the jersey number 86 on the Oilers, and Philip Berglund 81. I thought they were kind of ranked higher than that in the Oilers organization, to be honest. They're defensemen. Yes. Well, I find that odd too because defensemen typically have lower numbers. Yes, and when you get the higher numbers, they it kind of indicates that you're not <clears throat> in the plans for. The NHL team, uh, at least not to start the season, and that, that uh, I find it weird. Um, other than that, I don't think we'll be seeing William Eklund in the SHL because he's he's looked really good, man. He's been, yeah, he had two assists uh, Monday night when the Sharks lost to the Kings. Yeah, he had two assists in, ter- in the third period. Jonathan Dalian scored a goal as well. I was going to say, I think I think is going to make the big team this year as well. Uh, I think it's his time. Um, obviously, he's had uh, a few issues in the in the past with... Uh, uh, no, he had, he had an assist, sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think um, I think it's his time to make the big league. And uh, yeah, if we could see William Eklund, oh, that would be so cool. I'd be so happy for him. Me too. I don't want to see him in the AHL. Then he might might as well come back to to Sweden. But if we get to see him in the NHL, Jesus Christ, man! Oh, and he's looked so good. He's, he's. I was kind of afraid that his small stature would, you know, because he, the lack of muscles due to his young age. But he's looked, yeah. And he's getting defended as well. Jesus, someone jumped uh, jumped him. I, Drew Doughty had a had a hit on him, and and uh, a certain Ferraro was on the ice and he did not like the way uh, William Eklund was handled and uh, Mario Ferraro came to his rescue and fought uh, Drew Doughty. I really like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you got to you got to stick up for the young guys, especially the ones who uh, are coming from Europe where that kind of physical play isn't very common. Nah. They might not be used to it. Uh so it was, it was so, yeah. to be honest, it wasn't a cheap shot at that, but it was I think it was a small hit from behind and uh, Eklund was kind of off his balance so he fell and then yeah. Ferraro said, no, no, you don't do that. And then the chest clogged him. It was really cool. Uh, speaking of uh, number changes, yep. Uh, with Louis Erickson leaving the Canucks, yeah. uh, Niels Hoaglander is taking over number 21, which, of course, was the number That's he wore cool. for Rogla. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't know so, that. so I thought that was really cool. Um, yes, because uh, Louis Erickson was typically, or before that, was uh, wearing the number 21. And, I mean... The number twenty-one has uh, has good history in uh, in in uh, Vancouver as well. So um, yeah, that uh, that's cool. I'm glad he uh, he got his number back. Yeah, we should also mention uh, Simon Foch had an assist. I don't think the Lightning has play, have played since then. No, they haven't. He had an assist when the Lightning fell to Carolina Monday. Um, Rifosh has impressed pretty much anyone on the Lightning by the looks of it during scrimmages and also now uh, exhibition games, which is really cool. Uh, I'm glad. On his behalf, I mean, or for him rather, uh, given what 
what he did last season, scoring 25 goals in the SHL. Uh, if we imagine if we see him on the Lightning roster for opening game, that'd be really sweet. Uh, was there was someone else I wanted to talk about? Fabian Lysel, Fabian Lysel. Yeah, he played with he's playing with Boston, which is really cool, and Anton Bede, But that's that's not important. Let's talk about Fabian Lysel. Lysel, sorry. Uh, I was kind of surprised that he left the SHL to kind of get his try try out in in North America. He had an assist Monday as well. I haven't looked to check the box score from last night, but I don't think he played. No, they didn't. So I mean, some of the, some of the Swedes you, we might not expect to make the big league team might still might not make the big league team, but they're sure as hell uh, putting their name out there. Yeah, yeah, as well, uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, and obviously one of the things that I've been following in the NHL during the preseason concerning the Canucks is the fact that uh, Pedersen and Hughes are still uh, waiting to sign contract extensions, which is becoming somewhat worrying for Canucks fans because we're into preseason. And I mean, it's been speculated throughout the uh, offseason that they're they're looking for kind of twin deals to, to stay in Vancouver long term. Uh, but yeah, we're we're uh, we're still waiting and it's uh, I, I'm, I'm not OK with it. <laughs> no, I can't imagine that. They're skating in Michigan with uh, Brady Kachuk, I think. <clears throat> yeah, there's some rumors coming out of that too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, are... you must. I, I'm just on pins and needles. I, I'm enjoying it. You're not. No, I, I oh, no. Well, I mean, the rumors coming out of it are like, well, it could go one way or the other because it seems like they're talking to each other, trying to convince each other to come to the other team, kind of thing. <laughs> That's a long shot, though, because the, yeah. it, would, it would require off sheets. So, I yeah. just want to mention that Alexander Holtz played with the Devils last night or this past night, and he had a goal and a, had a goal and an assist. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty sweet. Um, I mean, it's always nice to see. Uh, that that that's that's why I like the, the this league, the SHL. Is you know you get to see those guys that uh, are playing as 16, 17 year olds in the SHL before they go to the NHL and. You know, it's it's nice to follow them once they find success in the NHL. It's uh, it's good to see them, you know, making uh, making a career for themselves. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, just some other notes: Carl Dahlstrom and Rasmus Sandin had an each and had an assist when the Leafs uh, shut out the Senators last night. Uh, obviously, exhibition games as well. Philip Anderson, uh, sorry, Philip Gustafsson uh, had uh, 22 saves and 25 shots in that game for Ottawa. Um, yeah. So some of the Swedes are. Uh, making a claim. That's pretty cool. Uh, has Lucas Raymond made his appearance in preseason yet? Oh, I don't know. For, for Detroit, because he is listed on Elite Prospects as starting with Grand Rapid. Yeah, because he played the, uh, uh, what's it called? The Showcase kind of thing? Rookie Showcase? Or what yeah, is it the called? Rookie Showcase. Uh, he played he... really well there, apparently. Yeah. Uh, but I, so I'm, I think, because Moritz Sider wasn't, uh, picked for that rookie showcase kind of thing because he's pretty much nailed down in the NHL starting roster. And by the looks of things, uh, Raymond will start his season in the AHL. Uh, so I don't know. I don't think... Do you know I don't if think he has a European return clause? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think he does I'm, either. I'm fairly sure he'll be a Grand Rapids player this season, which, I mean, yeah. I can under, kind of understand that. That's the way the Red Wings kind of work when they... When they're set on something, I think he, he can play his, what is it, nine games or eight games before the two? I think it's his 10th game he has to sign. Uh, they have to pay him a full year salary. Okay, so he, I'll, I can see him playing nine this season. Yeah. To give it a, give it a try. 
Which, uh, com compared to here in the SHL, it's, what is it, 100 minutes played rather than games played. Oh, yeah, something like that. For the rookie contracts, yeah. Yeah. I'm not too. Uh, I'm not that into the contracts in the SHL because they don't seem to matter as much. Well, they're not as you know. They're they're not they're not public knowledge like they are in the NHL. You know, you don't get these big uh, announcements saying, "Hey, this guy signs for this amount of money exactly. for this long." I mean, typically you'll you'll get, "Hey, he signed for this long," but a you know a number figure won't be given out. No. So yeah. Uh, other than that, oh Jesus, I'm, I'm yawning. I'm doing the work tonight as well. I'm, it's going to be a long day for Sixton. Jesus. <laughs> you know, I went to sleep at around 1 this past night and woke up at 5.23. That's fun. No, but uh, I caught up on some podcasts, so that's okay. I went to sleep around midnight, woke up at like 9.30. It was, a, it was nice. <laughs> uh, I think we've kind of covered everything... That we wanted to chat about. Hey, I want to talk about uh, because we always say, you know, we we, we do thank our patrons, but I just want to say that if you like our show and if you kind of want to support us, head on over to across uh, sorry patreon.com slash across the pond uh, to kind of have a look around because we have one one free tier, if you will, or one tier, and that's uh, two bucks a month, which is literally half a beer in Sweden, not if that. And uh, if you want to, no, that's pretty much half a beer. That's like no, it's, it's like one beer. <laughs> so a third of a beer. If you can sponsor us with a third of a beer, we'll buy uh, one beer every three months to kind of get going. Uh, what no. Sixten is trying to say is give us money. Yes, if you want to sponsor us, that would be really cool because it kind of helps us grow. And we haven't actually used the money yet because we've been lazy and we're going to get some gear. And uh, yeah, we're saving, we're saving that up in like, and in like 500 years, we'll have so much money. We'll be able to buy a chair. <laughs> or yes. no but if, if you like our show please consider uh being a becoming a patron and two bucks a month for however long you like and uh, if you don't like it then you don't have to uh we do have some pretty cool patrons uh, who's been with us for quite some time actually jesus um, uh who is i think lucas was our first one wasn't he lucas was the first one uh and then we had andreas i think or eric rather uh and tobias has been with us for quite some time tobias also uh shout out put together our intro and extra extra music as well yeah yeah for sure we haven't said that in quite some time and uh we have we've got uh eric uh, down in in the netherlands uh doing uh sponsored me with a with this awesome microphone so i mean a big shout out to everyone donating and helping us out in any way and everyone's who's provided us with contacts for interviews or ideas or questions or suggestions or whatever. I mean, we're happy to to take it all. I mean, this is awesome. Honestly, um, if we, you know what, we, we talked about it like really when we first started it, uh, doing like a, um, like a jersey giveaway for our patrons, you know, put yes. all the names in a hat. Um, I don't know, get, uh, it, it, it'd be tough to decide which jersey, which team we would get. Um, but I feel yeah. like, just because where we are located, it would be a Linköping jersey. They've got an LOCA store right downtown here in Linköping with jerseys on and sale. And we know most of the team. <laughs> and we know most of the team, exactly. Um, so, yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe we'll put together a, a jersey giveaway at some point this season. So Yeah, for sure. For sure. Which we would include Eric, even though he's not a official patron, but given the fact that he sponsored us with the, with the microphone, he should be involved in that uh, lottery as well. 
so yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, while we're at it, I might as well thank our patrons. Uh, Adam, Darlene and Tom, Linus, Andreas, Tobias, Anton, Lucas, and obviously Eric for, for helping us out. Um, anything else we should talk about before we kind of move on here? Oh, uh, yeah, it has nothing to do with the SHL or NHL, but uh, Sixton, I told you about the documentary I watched yesterday. Oh, yeah, I need to um, watch it. I might get my Netflix back to watch it. <clears throat> Netflix has a documentary series where they kind of highlight uh, obscure sports stories that have happened um, in history. And the one I watched yesterday was called uh, Crime and Penalties. And it is the story of the Danbury Trashers, a UHL minor professional hockey team that was bought and started basically by a mob boss for his 17-year-old son. His 17-year-old son was a pretty quality hockey player, actually, who uh, suffered a back injury that ended his career, which kind of depressed him. Uh, so his uh, his dad, who, of course, was quite well off, um, purchased him a hockey team to be president and GM of. And so at 17 years old, this kid became the GM and president of a professional hockey team and surprisingly did fairly well. He did, exactly. He did a really uh, good job as a GM. They, 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 were, they only were there for one season and they ended up in the final uh, against Kalamazoo, actually. Really? Uh, yeah, and uh, how one of the big names that played for that team during the 2004 NHL lockout was Mike Rupp. And um, yeah, and it is an absolutely fascinating story. It's about an hour and a half long. It's on Netflix. Uh, just go. Uh, the the docu documentary series is called Untold. There's a bunch of them on there that are all, all really well done. But this one in particular was uh, quite fascinating. So I highly recommend it because uh, they get interviews with everybody that was involved. And um I mean, this was, uh, you know, mid-2000s minor pro hockey, so it's more like you go to the fights and a hockey game breaks out rather than going to the hockey game and a fight breaks out. So, uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic documentary. Highly recommended. Uh, are you excited? For, are you going to watch the uh, All or Nothing on Amazon Prime? Yeah, with the Maple Leafs. Leafs. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It, it's uh, premieres Friday, I think. Yeah, October. Yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow yeah, October Friday. 1st, yeah. That's going to be awesome. I'll, I'll be watching that. Um, even though we know the ending, it's going to be really cool to watch. And I think those those kind of insiders who's been watching it say, says it's really good. So it's going to be awesome to watch. Yeah. But um, thanks very much, guys, for tuning in. This is a bit of a long one. But, um, yeah, always happy to have your support. Always happy to have your listenership. And uh, as always, if you have any questions you want answered, if you just want to send us a comment or a message, Hit us up on Twitter at uh, at across T Pond Pod on Twitter. Um, I'm just at Dave Ashbaugh and uh, Sixteen. What's your Twitter handle? Funquist. F U N Q V I S T. My last name. Perfect. There you go. And, so uh, you can also DM us on Patreon. We don't have an Instagram because why would we? Uh, even though I love the, the the that type of social media, but we don't put post any pictures, so that's neither here nor there. Uh, Twitter or Patreon would be the purpose or the means of uh, communication of choice. So. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thanks for uh, listening, guys. As always. Thank you safe. to Matt Murley for jumping on the show. Actually, I forgot to say that. Thank you so Absolutely. much, Mr. Murley. It's, it's, it was great fun. But uh, yeah, as always, stay safe, wash your hands, and... I'm going to go get some water. <laughs> uh, support your local business. See you later, guys. Yeah. So...